0: Who can forget?
1: Again, I'm looking again. Those up
0: the That's the Derrick 30.
1: Derek Brooks, 30. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. Derek Brooks, the most valuable player in the National Football League. There it is. The dagger's in. We're going to win the Super Bowl. We call them the Salty Dogs. Welcome back, Buccaneer
2: fans and Salty Dog fans, hopefully, to the Salty Dog Podcast number six.
1: I'm Scott Smith, and... I- Barely, barely making it through the weekend cuts over there is. <laughs> but I still am here, yes. And at 4.01 today on a Tuesday, I'll be officially on the roster. <laughs> and you are? Jeff Ryan. That's right. All right. I remember Very that good. now.
2: You know, I did I did bring in some some people for tryouts, you know, yeah, to maybe take your spot. But as you can see, you're still here. Mm-hmm.
1: So. <laughs> you're going you're to tolerate me until you can replace me.
2: You're always trying to make the back end of your roster better, Jeff.
1: Well, no kidding. You know, you, you can't stay the same. Either you get better or you get worse. So I check the waiver wire each week and, and uh, just to be sure. Now you're gonna be getting a lot of tapes coming in or yeah. uh, you know, MP three files I coming c- in. Okay, can I have that job?
2: The reality of it is it'd be easier to replace me because you're you're doing all the technical stuff.
1: Yeah, it's pretty easy. Hit go and go. <laughs> you shouldn't have told me that. <laughs> All right,
2: so it is the first week of the regular season. I'm so excited. Yeah, our podcast started right before camp, and so it's been all about camp.
1: And now that that's, it has been a very quick month. Yeah, I really doing this. Uh, but I cannot be more happy, er, than <laughs> <laughs> his hat. <then>. are <laughs> gonna edit that one out. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I gotta tell you,
2: one time when I was in high school, I, uh, I was. I guess this is going to make me sound kind of like a little bit of a nerd, that's okay. I was the president of the speech and debate team. Nice. And they were doing a a little video interview for the yearbook, and I said something in my answer. I said the word funner, which is not a word. No. (laughs) I'm the president of the speech and debate club,
1: Mm -hmm.
2: and I use the word funner. I, I feel very embarrassed.
1: At least I got the err in there. So.
2: Yes, I, I think more happier, actually. That yeah. sounds all right. But I could not. So what are
1: you happy about? I am just happy for the season. I'm very excited. It's just a different vibe, a different feel this year. I thought we ended last year with a win against New Orleans. I really like that. I think that does carry over. And uh, I, I like the moves that were made. I think that uh, now we're going to have to prove all of this. There's no question. But I, I, I like it. I'm, I'm very excited. Save that vibe stuff because that
2: partially answers one of our questions Ooh, from a fan. This I have
1: not seen those. Okay.
2: It looks good on paper. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, you know, there are concerns, most of them injury-related. Um, you know, how's, is Donovan Smith going to be ready by Sunday? There's a variety of things you can do. If he isn't, there's there's different ways you can approach that. You could move Caleb Beninock out there or or move him to right tackle and DeMar Dotson to left tackle and put Evan Smith in or Alex Kappa at guard. Uh, you could do a less disruptive approach and use uh, Leonard Wester, who's been your third tackle for a while now, as the left tackle, and uh, <clears throat> and then all the other four positions would stay the same, or or Mike Lidke, who did it a lot during the preseason, but neither of those guys has seen a lot of playing time at left tackle in the NFL going up against a guy like Cameron Jordan, so it's a little scary.
1: But what I like is you had options. You're rattling off a bunch of options, and I can remember years that... You really didn't That's true. have.
2: We have a lot of really versatile players on this line. A lot of guys that can play multiple positions, which I know they like. But you would think you'd get one or two of those, and that way you could plug whatever hole. But we seem to have like five or six guys capable of playing multiple, including a couple that can play tackle and guard.
1: And I think the way the league is now, you have to have that. You, I mean, injuries is going to happen to everybody. Yeah. So if you can keep moving parts around and not and not crazy parts where you're taking a guy and saying, well. Here's gonna, your punter. Here you He's go. He's going to
2: be your safety. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, we of course we hope the number one option is that Donovan Smith is fine by Sunday, and that certainly could be the case.
1: And as we're recording this, there's no injury report. The first injury report comes out on Wednesday. Yeah, and so.
2: even then, all they'll tell you is whether or not he practiced. They don't say anything about questionable or or any of that until
1: until it's until time. It's, until uh, or, Friday, or you can even put it to a game time decision. Yeah,
2: well, that happens a lot, and mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised. Um, also not practicing as of Monday was Vita Vea, who's been out almost since the beginning of camp with yeah. the calf strain. And coach consistently says he's on schedule, he's on mm-hmm. track, there's no setbacks. It's just, I think when we heard that at the beginning, we were hoping that meant he'd be there for opening day and that's still possible. But I mean, if he's not out there on Wednesday, I will, I will think it's probably not very likely.
1: But I prefer to go slow. Sure. Because... If you come back too soon, then it it creates even more havoc.
2: Yeah, we need him for 15-whatever games. Uh, And and I think that those injuries, plus, you know, MJ Stewart being a little banged up, uh, that really informed some of the last decisions on Saturday and Sunday when they were making this 53-man roster. I mean, I don't remember us keeping 10 offensive linemen and 10 defensive linemen before at the same time. No. Because that means you have to go slimmer at some other positions. Now, we're down to nine now because we only kept Mitch Unrein through to Sunday so that we, when we put him on injured reserve, if you, if you get him through to the first day of the season, which was Sunday, um, then they're eligible to use that designated for return tag on him later. So if Mitch Unrein is better, after eight weeks, he can come back. Not necessarily they could choose somebody else, but at least you leave your option open. So what they did was they, they actually cut both long snappers so they could save a spot for Mitchell and Ryan through to Sunday and then put him on IR and and brought Garrison Sanborn back. It's a huge chess match. (laughs) I know, right?
1: Uh, Well, well, listening to what you were saying, I'm not going, oh, okay, all right. That makes – it's all moving parts. Yeah. 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 uh, And I
2: I think they'll continue to move for a little while.
1: But that's the league, though. And also – 100%. And then with the the other little – with a veteran if he's on there for the first week his salary is guaranteed. Yeah,
2: that's got to be taken into account.
1: Which the second week if you come if you come in
2: mm-hmm.
1: you get paid but if if we cut you we're not we're not obligated to keep paying you. Yeah. Which is kind of a it's weird, a weird, weird little thing that that informs the collective bargaining agreement. Yep. That's it. So
2: you know what I think that had something to do. I think injuries had something to do with um, us keeping ten offensive linemen. By the time we got to this Saturday, you can't really say that Mike Likey was a surprise anymore. He's like the the story of the preseason, the guy who helped himself the most from the beginning of training camp. but so it didn't surprise him when we kept Likey, but then we also kept Adam Geddes. So we kept ten, and that seems like an awful lot of depth, more than you usually have. So I think all those positions can continue to evolve throughout the season. <clears throat> You all right over there? I'm just coming. Yeah. I'm getting through something. Scott's got a new cough button,
1: but he's not hitting it. <laughs> Later on, he shot. I'm an amateur.
2: <laughs> I'm, I'm exiting the sickness protocol, mm-hmm. Jeff. I've been through the worst of it. Mm-hmm.
1: You're playing through. I like it.
2: When you have a kid, school season starts, school year starts. Right. I've got season on the brain. Mm-hmm. The, they get sick the first week of school, come yeah. home and bring it to you. So
1: this is it. You're you're going to get I a sick? I saw a
2: lot of people. Sniffling, sniffling and sniffling mm. in around the building today yeah well,
1: children are petri dishes but that's a whole <laughs> other story but we love them <laughs> yeah gosh we love them
2: by the way we should mention uh we're gonna have martin grammatic on here yeah shortly. i'm
1: excited about that martin is uh going to be part of uh, the new spanish broadcast developing uh for the buccaneers which we're is very cool. excited about that and he's going to swing on by and uh let us know how that's going to play out
2: always love uh running into automatica you know he's made a home here and well, his family has. Yeah,
1: he loves this organization. Yeah, that's he, awesome. But, but he's always been that kind of guy anyways. He was a great guy when he was a player. Yeah, And, and that's enthusiasm. not always the – a lot of times
2: players <laughs> are one way. They're a lot nicer afterwards.
1: Yeah, <laughs> all of a sudden they're your bud. But before, yeah, but he was always a great
2: guy. I don't think we can say that about any of the guys we've had on, though. Mm-mm. I mean, Mike Allstott, yeah, they're all, they're all great to us all the time, solid. Dave and Rondé. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the biggest surprise of the cuts, uh, this is – not just me. Everybody felt this way. The two safeties, Keith Tandy and Josh Robinson, mm-hmm. they're really the only veterans that we let go, essentially. I think Garrison Sanborn was, but we brought him but back. Yeah, it was a long snap. You know, when you're in the league, when you're vested, which means you've got four accrued seasons, and you get an accrued season by being on the active roster for six games in a season, when you get that accrued season and you get four of them, you're a vested veteran. Before that, you are subject to the waiver wires. You're not vested. So when we cut, say, you know, Cole Boozer, tackle, he passes through the waiver wire, he can be picked up by any other team, and if he's not, then you can bring him back to practice squads, which we did with him. Uh, a vested veteran just immediately becomes a free agent. They and th- don't have to go through the waiver wire. And <clears> as <throat>
1: we speak, they're still out there.
2: Yeah, and I, I know I don't know, I'm I'm guessing I do speak for you when I say I hope those guys get another shot. I yes. Mean, can you think of a player that's more highly respected over the last five or six years here than Keith Tandy? Nope.
1: Nope. And I think that was the surprise <coughs> cut to a lot of people, and I'm not going to second-guess it. I'm no. not, I mean... There's you got to do what you have yeah, to do. Yeah. We have a tendency to lean towards people we personally know. Right. Um, but yeah, I, I was surprised. But you're right. He probably one of the um, just really down to earth. Well, he's just and he's smart. Yeah, he's it, great. Every he way. may not have been your best athlete, but I, I think mentally he was he was there.
2: He made the most out of whatever athletic talents he Couple has. Years and probably it? he will continue to mm-hmm, do so. Mm-hmm. Who's the most? That's that's a, brings up an interesting topic. So Keith tanny was. The one that surprised me this year that I didn't see coming at all. You've been around for a while. What's the most surprising cut you remember? I got well. I,
1: I I think I think the the one that caused the most chaos or the most uproar I will say was uh, when Brad Culpepper yeah, got exactly. cut. Exactly. I was thinking In, the same thing. And was that ninety nine? Two thousand. Two thousand. Because ninety nine yeah. is when we drafted Booger McFarland. Okay. And
2: then he was ready to take over in two thousand.
1: And that came at the very end. That was right. one. that's yeah. the last cut. So no one saw that. No coming. one saw
2: it coming at all, including Brad, who, if I remember correctly, was none
1: too pleased. No. Um, well, I don't think I don't. How think, could I, you be? Yeah, I, I don't think anybody's going to be happy if no. if you if you're told it's time to go. You're. There's no way you should be happy, and if you are happy, then perhaps maybe you should have just resigned and moved <laughs> yeah. on. But yeah, I think that was the one cut. And I think that was a cut of a popular player from a good team.
2: He was yeah, that was a good team. And he'd been starting for like four years.
1: And he moved on to Chicago, played, played there, and then yeah. he was then he's done and now he's an a now he's, he's an, attorney. an attorney. Right. So it worked yeah, out. That good surprised for him. Me.
2: Um <clears throat> I remember when Derek Brooks was released in two thousand and nine,
1: but that was like in March or April, it was in the spring. So it's not really the same animal. Well now, I think for a vet, for a veteran, if you're going to get cut, it's easier to get cut in the spring or early. It sure. gives you a chance to catch on. When you're at the very end and all of a sudden you get cut, there's that question mark of, well, why did the team let him go? Yeah, really. So what, why are we going to pick him up? What, yeah. what is it that we don't see? We think this is a great player or a good player, or this is person, but what are we not seeing? Yeah. So –
2: so yeah, I, I agree with you on the Brad Culpepper one. Um, Who was yours? That was it. Oh, yours That was yours the one too? I was going to say mm-hmm. too. So
1: yeah, okay. because really there wasn't. Um, There's usually not a lot. I, I, okay. <clears throat> um, I think John Lynch was a big deal.
2: Yeah, that happened in the off season too. That, happened, it, in season. Yeah. that happened
1: in the off season. That happened in the offseason. season.
2: And that was a gamble at the time
1: mm-hmm, because he had come because off of his shoulder, neck? Yeah. neck. It was a neck shoulder. anyways. Neck or shoulder, yeah.
2: and they were concerned mm-hmm. that that was going to be an issue, and clearly it did not. Uh, you know, he went on to have four more Pro Bowl years well, in, in Denver.
1: And if you talk with John, John will say at the time it crushed him. Oh. But it was the best <clears throat> thing that happened because when he went to Denver, he was rejuvenated. He That's was good. rechallenged. He was, OK, I got to prove myself again. And as it turned out, it was something that worked out really, really well for him because yeah. he went to the Pro Bowl with them also.
2: Yeah. Um, I feel like maybe they should put him in the Hall of Fame. Mm, I would no. hope.
1: But those were the two that I think stood out.
2: That's kind of what I was getting at when I was talking about the difference between vested and non-vested players is that usually your list of cuts, and there were like 38 of them, is about 32 guys that are waived because they're very young guys. Four or five that are going on specialty lists, and then two or three vested veterans. Those guys make up the smallest part of that list. You know what you have in those guys generally by the time you start training camp, and so— I, you know, I think the thing with the, the thing like with Keith Tandy and, and Josh Robinson and then Isaiah Johnson making it—that's a little bit of a passing of the guard that that may have happened during this training mm-hmm. camp. So that's why Keith Tandy was around. I think it's reasonable to assume that when camp started, there was—you know—he he was still in our plans, but things evolved. And Isaiah Johnson—they really like the way he's playing. Maybe Josh Robinson—you know—he's kind of a, is a very specific player. He's very very good at special teams and being a cover guy. But at some point, as your, t- as your roster gets more talented, you find it harder to devote a spot to that. You'd like that guy to also do something else for you. Like, f- he, Freddie Martino might have gotten Josh Robinson's roster spot, <coughs> if you think about it. That sounds mm-hmm. weird because it's right. a wide receiver and safety. Kept six receivers, which is sometimes we do five, sometimes we do six. I think five is a more common number for us, but Freddie's a great special teams player, and they like what he can do as a receiver. They didn't want to let him go. So, you go well. Josh Robinson's a great special teams player, but so is Freddie, and he can give us a little bit more in other ways.
1: And uh, and then you got to sit in the room and look at it and say, this is a tough decision. This yeah. is not you know we're not going to be, you know, pleased either way. But at least we have a decision where we're cutting good players. Where there are times teams are cutting players that they have no idea.
2: Well, yeah. If you look at well look at the the Browns, and and you, we should mention that the Bucks uh, claimed Carl Nassib if you've been watching
1: mm-hmm. hard knocks
2: you've got you've got a pretty good idea of him at this point they claimed him off waivers the, the brown's cut him on sunday because they after they they formed the 53 man roster on saturday they then scoured the waiver wire and because they have they have the first spot in the waiver claim they could mm-hmm. have anybody literally anybody they wanted out of those hundreds and hundreds of players if they wanted him that he was theirs mm-hmm. and they picked five guys up i don't remember all their names and in doing so, they released five guys who they originally put on their 53, and one of them was, was Nassib. So in their mind, they had at least five guys that they wanted to upgrade and were able to do so. Well, they think they're
1: <coughs> upgrading, but when you're— You're trying to. When you have one win out of two years, I don't know <laughs> how that works. I'm just saying. But uh, you talk about Carl and being on, on Hard Knocks and the way he was there. I I met him. That's right. I met him today, uh, had lunch with him. In fact, he came over and sat down with us. And uh, I was very impressed. He's not that guy that you see on Hard Knocks. As Dirk Hutter would tell you, those
2: storylines are massively amplified.
1: He was super... Ex- uh, my impression uh, impression of sitting there having lunch with somebody. You know, it's, it's, you're it's kind of like you have to think about being in a school cafeteria, and you're the <laughs> new kid in town, and you don't know where to sit. And someone gets up and says, hey, come over here and sit. And that someone was... Alan Barrett. In, oh, our in PR commu- guy. PR guy. Well, communications. Whatever. It's PR. Yeah, we all no, know it's PR. Um, Call it whatever Alan got do. up because he was bu- at a table by himself and said, hey, come on over and sit down. And he did, and which, would, which reminded me of that. It could be an after-school special <laughs> right now.
2: It's probably easier, though, as the new kid to fit in when
1: you're a star football yeah, player. Yeah, and he's big. <laughs> and
2: it's six foot seven. Yeah,
1: he is. I was surprised. Uh, sitting there, and when you're having lunch, your guard's down. I always believe you're just more relaxed when there's food. Okay. <laughs> and so a lot of deals. Is that why most it. dates
2: are dinner dates? Yes, exactly.
1: Okay. Exactly. So um, he was super, my impression, super excited about being here. Really impressed with the building.
2: Okay. Those are two very good starts. Thought
1: that the practice facility was just, the, the indoor practice facility was, that is unreal. Hmm. Uh, looking around, going, does everybody get to eat in here? <laughs> um <laughs> Very.
2: uh, And the answer is yes, by the way. Yes. Staff gets to eat in the same room as the players.
1: And he (laughs) was talking about, um, he couldn't believe the sun. That's all I kept saying. It's just so great. The sun's gonna be here. I guess if you're in Cleveland for a while, you're gonna How feel many that days way.
2: had he been in town by then? Because it's been raining every day. Can
1: I tell you what? He was in town one hour. He <laughs> he landed at eleven thirty and this was at twelve thirty we're having lunch. And I'm, how I know that is because he said, What time is it? And he goes, It's only twelve thirty, I've only been here an hour and I said, Time moves slow in Florida. <laughs> but he um, Especially in St. Pete. Yes. He was very, very uh, uh, Well I was just really impressed. He was a really you know, and an, an, it had a good question. His question was, "Who who's lived in Tampa the longest? Of course, everybody points at me. Yeah. Which, well, you've lived everywhere the longest. Uh, yes, basically. <laughs> <laughs> You're an ass. <laughs> and I can say you that. You can say that. <laughs> um, so he wanted to know where he should live. Oh, yeah. He's That's thinking... There's a lot of good options. There's a lot of good options. Oh, but that and, means
2: he's thinking long-term.
1: He's thinking <clears throat> long-term. So these are my impressions. And he's asking all the right questions. He's not... Uh, he's trying to figure out where he belongs. And I said to him, I go, what are you doing today? And he goes, I'm meeting with coach. I'm going to sit down and start learning plays. Yeah. So he's meeting with Coach Buckner. So, so
2: now you have a 10-man, uh, no, I think it's nine uh, defensive linemen, mm-hmm. and only three of them are holdovers from last year. And considering how last year went, league low, 22 sacks. Are I you think that it,
1: surprised by that? Nobody
2: can be upset about that. That's what they're, hey, I, I, you know, you see some <laughs> Twitter you tend to get negative reactions to whatever mm-hmm. um, when things haven't been going well. I mean, there's plenty of positive reaction too, but surely there's going to be some people, no matter what you say, they're going to, but I understand it in some cases because as an example, uh, Mike Evans in the locker room on Monday, somebody asked him about this team. He said, it's the most talented team he's been on since he's been here. I tend to think, think that's true. And I, I also tweeted that out. He says it he also likes the energy and the swagger and, and uh, the depth at a lot of positions. And, uh, a lot of responses like, yeah, whatever, you guys are going 4-12 this year, and you know, he says it every year, and that kind of thing. Yep. I get that because it's, it's, it's natural to wonder. And, and there's been a number of years where, and recently where we thought something was going to work out, Chris Baker or Michael uh, Johnson, things like that, and it didn't work out. So it's, it's okay to be skeptical, but you got to try. Right. And I like what they did. I hope I'm right. But they had to try.
1: And there is a feel. There is. A I was specifically talking
2: about the D line, but go ahead. Yeah,
1: but but I'm just saying, as a team, as as wait, save that, save that. It's
2: an answer to one of our
1: questions. Oh, okay.
2: Wow. So, yeah, it's a, there's a question about cut that. me off. You, well, I'm, I'm, you've got time to, to no, form that idea. Okay, now,
1: all right. So you can give a good answer. Because you know, your not, answers to the questions you, are usually terrible, you, right? You know how I am. I, my mind wanders. And, <laughs> oh, look, a shiny penny. <laughs>
2: All right, well let's uh, let's wrap it up then because we want to get to Martin, mm. want to get him. Mean, he's actually here. Yes. So he's going to sit down with yeah, us in it's our nice. fabulous studio. Yeah. So we'll we'll reminisce a little bit and we'll get his uh, uh, kind of feel for what it's like nowadays for kickers. We'll be right back. The Salty Dogs. And we're back here on the Salty Dogs podcast. I'm Scott Smith, and that's still me, Jeff Ryan, Jeff Ryan over there. But we have a third person here in the Yay. what do we call this? A booth, a room yeah, with really? us.
1: It's really luxurious. It's a huge yeah. studio. It's very <laughs> very. You think you think ESPN looks good? He yeah. <laughs> ain't seen nothing yet. So
2: uh, we're never going to put cameras on to
1: prove or disprove that. But mm-hmm.
2: yes, our guest today is very exciting. A Super Bowl champion, the all-time Bucks all-time leading scorer, both regular season and postseason, Martin Grabenica. Thanks thank you, for being uh, here. Thank you
0: for inviting me to the great uh, booth. Yes, yeah. you, you like it. Eh? <laughs> it's the best, best one I've ever been in. <laughs> yeah, <no. laughs> so, so far,
1: so different than so Old One Buck.
0: That's true. A lot it's different. a lot like <laughs> old, a it lot feels different. like Old One Buck. Yeah.
1: <laughs> nice Spe- and cozy. Speaking of new booths for you, uh,
2: yeah. tell the tell the fans out there your new uh gig you're going to be doing.
0: Well, I'm, I'm very excited to be doing the broadcast on the uh, Spanish radio for, mm-hmm. for the Bucks, And it makes me feel like I'm back part of the team, even though you feel like you never leave. You know, once you're a Buccaneer, it uh, starts with the ownership, and all the way down, they always treat you like family. And now to be able to go to the games and, and broadcast in Spanish, there's so many uh, fans that don't get the experience of the Buccaneers because they don't speak English yet. Mm-hmm. So yeah. for us, it's, it's, it's great that we can provide that to them now.
1: Now, you've had experience <clears throat> doing Super Bowls. For Spanish radio,
0: well, I, I did TV. I did TV? TV, but it's same. You know, you're yeah, still in the same difference. booth. Um, we're never in, on air, so I always say, I, mm-hmm. "Good, I got the face for radio." So. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so do we? And, yeah, no. <laughs> that's why we're doing a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so no, but it, it was fun. It's, it's a lot of fun. It's something that I always thought about doing, but. You know, I'm so busy with my kids' life and and coaching them in sports that I didn't know if it would ever work out. And when we approached it this year, it, it worked out that our schedule, my soccer schedule with the kids, works out where I can go to almost 90% of the games and be able to cover most of them. So sure. that that's what perfect. Made it.
2: I think this is great. My my wife was born and raised in West Tampa. Um, a lot of her family, the older people in her family, didn't speak <coughs> much English, if any at all. Mm-hmm. And so, to give people like there's a lot of people like that in this area.
0: They're in they're, they're huge Buccaneer fans yeah, too. Exactly. So it's they not were. like they just, you know, they're they're coming from another country, don't speak the language, and don't even care about football. No, they do care. Yeah, they just right. watch the game, and they don't really know what's going on, and they don't understand the, the the English. But they also don't understand what's going on. And it's a lot easier for us to be able to explain to them the sport in their own native yeah,
1: language. Yeah. As an organization, as the Buccaneers, we're very excited about having this come together. Who are you going to be working
0: with? Well, I'm going to work out, I'm going to work with Carlos and Pancho. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is on 96.1. Mm-hmm. And these guys have done numerous sports. Uh, and I think they're, they're, they did a great job on Thursday. I got yeah. to listen to it. Mm-hmm. And the nice thing about that is that um, they're going to bring like the soccer excitement. You know, the, the broadcast is going to be, uh, the, mm-hmm. the, the kind of, I guess, <coughs> a Latin flair to sure. it. So it, it's, it's, that's what you got to the audience that you have they want that flair and i think that's what uh, they're going to bring so they're good i bet the
2: call for that adam humphreys (laughs) return was exciting on
1: that broadcast. oh yeah that yeah and that was a that was a demo broadcaster off the air okay you know everybody worked together but they did record it so maybe we could find that i'll I'll reach out to neil on that um now uh, you answered a question when you said it's going to add a little more flavor Someone asked me about a horn after a touchdown, and I was like, "No, we don't. You know, we fire cannons. We don't do a horn. No, we're thinking about a horn. So now I'm connecting dots for a lot of questions after the game.
0: Well, if you see any soccer broadcast or the the commentator in soccer is very fast paced and very loud and exciting. So I think when you listen to some of the Spanish broadcasts. Uh, for football it's the same way they just uh, very energetic um, so you feel like you're watching a, a game that doesn't stop you know we're in soccer is 90 minutes of nonstop. Mm-hmm. football you have a lot of plays so a lot of stoppages but they're super excited between the stoppages so it feels like it's a whole oh, that's um, cool. yeah, it's very continuous so it's like, game yeah.
2: <clears throat> it'd be worth listening just for a different experience if you spoke the language
0: and I don't know if you saw on, on ESPN, they showed the, I think it was the Carolina announcers where they were going crazy yep. and they they called the touchdown like a goal. Yeah. So they made national news oh, from cool. it because of their excitement on the, in the booth. So
1: do you have a catchphrase you're working <laughs> on?
0: Or... <laughs> no, no. I, this happened so fast I haven't even thought about anything. Oh. So I gotta I gotta. Are you brushing
1: Are you brushing up on your Spanish right
0: now? <laughs> no, my Spanish is good. I have oh, a, okay. lot, a lot. I have a lot of <laughs> Spanish kids on my soccer team. So oh, cool. I, I have to be bilingual to coach my team. So that, that, that that's a plus. That, Spanish is is the good, the easiest part, the easiest part. I got to start watching more football. So
1: (laughs) I wonder whether I guess there's terminology in football that doesn't translate into, into Spanish. So you would just use the English. Yes. You just use the the English word.
0: Yeah. yeah, What is Yeah. Touchdown. Touchdown. uh, But every position has like a Spanish name. Mm -hmm. uh, And I'll have to see what those are. What's a running back? Corredor. Corredor. Corredor.
2: Does it mean Carrier.
0: Carrier. Okay. Corredor. Wide, eh, re- wide receiver. A la cerrada. Ooh, I don't know what that means. <clears throat> Right. Wide mm. receiver. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. Right. It's literal translation. Is <laughs> <laughs> one of those words wide? walked right yeah. in. I don't know what that means. I don't either. That's right. <laughs> um, I, I need now. to get a dictionary on uh-huh. uh, football positions in Spanish. But if you say some of those words in English, people understand. If I say running back yeah. or wide receiver, they'll know that. You know, So it's not like you have to know every position. But I know when, when I worked with the uh, crew from Mexico and <coughs> Televisa, uh-huh. they used every single term in Spanish. They didn't use any uh, English, ner- like running back, receiver, quarterback. Um, so I'll have to go back and go kind of do a little refresher and get all those words out.
1: That's really, that's, that's amazing. amazing.
2: So you said you feel like a Buccaneer for life, but you're also very busy. Have you had a chance to keep an eye on this team this year and how it's coming together? And what do you think?
0: Oh, I'm, I'm excited. You, you, first of all, you feel the excitement around town. Uh, the fans are getting back into it, because there's a few years where you, people were really not excited no, about the team or yeah. where it was going. <clears throat> I feel like it's going in the right direction. Uh, the fans are excited, but then you see the quality of the players that are coming in, the leadership of the players that are, that are coming in, and I'm, I'm excited to see what they can put on the field on paper. It looks great. Yeah. Uh, now you just got to put it on the field, because you think everybody tends hopes to get better every year, mm-hmm. and I think with the Bucks on paper we got a lot better, so now we just got to put it on the field.
2: Well, they decided to invest a, a little bit in your position after some struggles the last couple of years, Chandler Catanzaro. So, I mean,
0: that shows
2: when a team struggles at that spot and, and can't find an answer at some point, you just have to bite the bullet and invest in a sure thing.
0: Yes, and a lot of times, you know, <coughs> investing financially doesn't mean it's going to show up on the field. Doesn't we we saw right. that when yeah. we, we drafted a kid in, you know, yeah. who, who would have thought that, could go that way when he was the best kicker in college history. You mm-hmm. never expect that, uh, so I think this this is a good choice. He's done a good job. To me, what has changed the kicking game completely has been that extra point rule. So I, I don't think you can look at what guys have done before that. You have to see what guys do after the extra point rule because the extra point was kind of that, you know, one foot putt that kind of yeah. works your game, gets your gets your uh, yeah, your confidence up. And you don't have that now. You don't have that kick that you can relax and say, look, I'm just going to work on my, even though it's still an important kick, but when you you kick an extra point for where it used to be, it was 99% Mm -hmm. you're going to make it. So you can kind of relax and work on your game. Now you can't. Now it's like a field goal, so you, you, you have to stay tense the whole game. So I think that's a huge wow. difference from where kicking used to be. I hadn't then. thought about the mental aspect of it,
1: Jeff. All right. That's interesting. Did, did you ever have a conversation with uh, Roberto Aguayo? <clears throat> a few, I yes. To.
0: No, a few I did, and I also reached out to him via text and um, yeah. we offered to help him during the summer. You know, a lot of times that's what happens when you're young. You don't appreciate an, an older guy you're trying right. to help you. I know when I was young I got advice from Matt Stover at the Pro Bowl and I'm looking at this guy because he, he was telling me that he changed his steps to he can't kick a 55-yarder, but he's like, I'm almost 100% from 50 in. And me as a young guy, I'm like, what, why would you do that? I want to kick 65 yarders And <laughs> you know, I want to go as far as I can. I'm not going to change my game to make all the short ones. Mm-hmm. I want to make them all. So but now, looking back, I would, you know, probably would have saved my leg, you know, kicking a different technique mm-hmm. where you're not kicking as hard every time, but you can perfect it from 50 in. But at the time, I'm thinking, no, I want to kick farther. So I think the same thing happened to him. You know, he's b- best kicker in college history. Why would I listen to an older guy? I don't know. Uh, but it, it just, to me, it was a little upsetting not to be able to. I wanted to help him. You know, mm-hmm. you're you're mm-hmm. open. I mean, offered to do it and didn't receive it very well. Which I mean, it's. Nothing you can do no, more no, than, no, a, than no. offer, you know. No. Water under the bridge. No, I don't want. I don't. I don't want to force myself on no, anybody. No. Well, because I don't have all the right answers either. But I right. felt like I could help them.
1: Well, you have been there and you experienced and you did have success. I mean, you were automatic. So. <laughs> <Well>, not <laughs> only that, Jeff, there. but
2: but Martine was a third-round draft pick which right. is rare yes. and, and so he would have understand the psychological side of coming in with the expectations of being a kicker pick that high
0: and we had leaders that would kill you if you didn't make kicks. so i think my pressure <laughs> my pressure was even more can you imagine if i missed kicks right away sap would have Words strangled up. me <laughs> so so warren yeah. was on, warren luckily was on my side yeah. well that's yeah. good
1: that's definitely where you want one you <laughs> put him on your side so as a kicker you felt the pressure from, oh. from your teammates.
0: Well, you, you want to prove yourself. You know, everybody looks at you. You're the kicker. You got drafted. And what, what, in my mind, I'm thinking, like, I'm sure the linemen were like, "Why we need another lineman. Why didn't we get a third-round lineman third to yeah. come help yeah, us yeah. or, or yeah. the mm-hmm. lineman or whatever position the team needed more? So now you're taking a draft pick from a potential mm-hmm. player that could be on the field a lot more than a kicker, so you better respond and, and, and do your job. So, yeah, I felt a lot of pressure. I feel like the, the higher drafter you get, the more pressure yeah, you have sure. because they expect more from you.
2: And you stepped right onto a team that was really good, too. So that was even more pressure. I mean, Roberto Wilde joined a team that really wasn't very good.
0: And right, and, and, and we were known for defensive struggles and So close every game. kick was critical. <clears throat> right, so that, to me, that's the difference between kicking <clears throat> in college and kicking in the NFL. Uh, kicking in college, you know, at Florida State, he didn't have that much pressure. Even though they won national championships, they won big games, but they were always up by 21, 28 points. Yeah, yeah. You miss a kick here or there, doesn't matter. Or when you go on up to kick the, the kick, you already know that your, game, your kick is not going to make a difference of whether you win or lose. Yeah. So there's not that added pressure to it. So that's where I feel that's a big difference, too, from kicking in some college teams to, yeah. to the pros. My, uh, my favorite game of yours,
1: I don't know if it was your favorite. I wonder if it's going to be the same one. Well, we're going to find out. Yeah. And if it, how, now,
2: not, is it going to be non postseason? Correct. Okay, so favorite game of yours,
0: not in the postseason. Let's see what everybody's answering. I'm here. thinking I can guess which one. What was I, yours? Carolina. That was mine. <laughs> at Carolina.
1: See, no, that was 12 a, to nine, Jeff. Yeah, no, you know what mine was? No. Champaign, Illinois, 15. Oh, to that's 000. true. <laughs> I like that and one. We, and we, and because of that, we had the bye week. Yeah. We were home uh, again, San Francisco, the next week and it was it was so cold and so windy. And well, the reason why we were playing in Champaign is they were rebuilding Soldier right. Field.
2: Correct me if I'm wrong, but all the field goals went in the same direction, right? Because the wind was going... Against up. the wind. You kicked them all against the no, wind? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that's not the way I remember it. <laughs> they
0: were off with the wind and short, so that's why I don't I don't count that one, even yeah. though that was good, but I, I, I like the Carolina better yeah. just because the way the whole game played out. I mean, yes. we... We uh they they muffed a fun, uh, yeah, f- mm-hmm. uh a fun, punt yeah we recovered it then Sean King came in because uh had to make one cause play right right because right, Brad was out so uh so we had I think uh, Rob Johnson Rob Johnson was the quarterback so everything was against us that day so right. and then Todd Sarban, the punter had talked trash with my brother <laughs> the week before <laughs> <laughs> the week before so I was looking <laughs> yeah if I,
2: it was it was nine to six. Mm-hmm.
0: Yes. You kicked something like a forty seven or fifty yard. Well 50 uh, two fifty yards and then the last one was forty seven. Yeah. And
2: so then, then there was the muff punt and then mm-hmm. Sean Rob Johnson got hurt and it was third down and Sean had to make one it was one pass the sideline
0: and like it was a 10-yard
2: pass, but right, it got the first down and got the enough yardage for the field goal, right? Yes.
1: All right, I will say that was the most exciting finish on one of your kicks. <laughs> sure. Absolutely. But I still like the 15s. Well, that, that's fair, Jeff. That Everybody can have their favorites. Yeah, that was... Uh, that, only because I knew we were going to get a bye. That's, yeah. That was, you know, huge. That was a great game, and that was so cold, and I'm, I'm glad we never have to go back there again, knock on wood. Did not enjoy we were it. ready to get out of there. We're yeah, the we, were, yes, we were. We yes. were. Um, so... Anything else you got? How's that? Yeah, those are the perfect interview question. Uh, what else would you like? What to else? Ask? What else you want to talk about? You've done so well.
0: Now that I'm a professional, that I should be, I should there know what go. the answer. Right now. <laughs> no, I'm I'm just excited to be a part of this. Like I said, I, I feel like I'm signing back with the team, even though I'm That's not, cool. you know. But just to be yeah. able to be around and be around more, um, and just pretty much watch every game. I'm I'm excited about it. It, it.
1: it is a great way to stay connected. Uh, Dave Moore always says that doing the radio keeps me connected to the team keeps me connected of a as he calls it a past life right. because now he does something different right. you know but that that's awesome and the kids
0: are your your children are are how old now they're, Oh, twelve, ten, 12 10 and 6 and they're huge buccaneer fans so, Good. so Good. it's nice that they'll be able to come to the games mm-hmm. and um and then i you know i saw ron day two on thursday so It gives you a chance to see a lot of the ex-teammates too and we've been fortunate that we've had so many guys going in the ring of honor and the hall of fame so it's gotten us together again because for a few years you know there's guys that i hadn't seen for 10 years or after the super bowl so it's nice that we have so many good athletes and good players on those teams that they're going to the hall of fame going to the ring of honor so we're getting together and this year is going to be great yeah with tony dungy coach who thought it was
2: perfectly fine to take a kicker in the third round and it worked out (laughs) Who knew it worked out?
0: Uh, I'll be always thankful for that because yeah. I, I tell coach every time I see him, I said, you ruined it for me because once you play for Coach Dungey, it's hard to play for anybody ah, that's else. That's a good so, point. That's so, a great point. I would have rather played for somebody else and then finish <laughs> out with him because once oh, well. you once you have a coach like that, uh, you always kind of like, you know, when you have a Warren Sapp as a D lineman, everybody compares him to him. I think everybody compares uh, every coach to, to Coach Dungey.
1: And your brother Bill and Santiago, they're both doing well?
0: <clears throat> both doing well. They're, uh, they're, they're ready to start listening and critiquing my work, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what brothers do. <laughs> that's right. Well, <laughs> well yes, uh, they they all both have kids too. Um, well, today's my uh, nephew's birthday, so we'll be we'll be out there. He's turning one today, so we'll wow, be partying tonight. Cool. So wow. we're excited.
2: Well, hopefully you join back up uh, at the perfect times. The Bucks are about to ascend again and have some good years again. Um, I know we're excited about Spanish Radio in sure. general and, and you being on. It. And also, thanks for coming here today. I Appreciate well, you. Thank you, guys. A lot Anytime. of good, a lot of really good insight that we wouldn't have got from anybody mm-hmm. else on on what a kicker. Goes through in certain, especially in those pressure types. All mental, right? A lot of it, yes.
0: <laughs> I see a lot of kids that can kick sixty yarders, you know, with just a, a tee and a holder. It's a lot different when it's live, <laughs> when they're <laughs> yelling and screaming, and
1: big burly guys are coming after you.
0: All right, all right. Well, thanks Martine. All right, guys. Thank you very much. The Salty Dogs. Here we
2: are again on the Salty Dogs podcast. I love, I love Martín. Yeah, we just had Martín grammatic on as,
1: well, you probably know that if you're listening. To yes. This. But well, I'm but, Scott
2: Smith and that's Jeff Ryan. Right,
1: and it, but if you <coughs> fast-forwarded and you went too that's far, true. then you need to go back.
2: <laughs> yeah, you want to hear what he has to say. I thought he was very uh, forthcoming about a couple topics there.
1: Great. Great insight. Great insight of the mind of a kicker.
2: It's a pretty good point that I hadn't thought of. That I know the job becomes harder specifically kicking extra points when they change that, but to hear Martín say that makes it harder mentally because you don't get those freebie kicks you don't get into the groove i hadn't thought about that
1: no and did it not kind of like was a aha moment you're like oh yeah everything's a pressure kick the the extra point was yeah go out boink i'm done now geez if you miss an extra point yeah see ya yeah people get
2: people get uh, a little tight about that about that
1: well so you do need to get all seven just anyway
2: also the reason the prompted the reason that prompted us to reach out to Martine, well, you did, mm-hmm. was that stuff with the Spanish radio. Yeah, so Spanish
1: broadcast starts <coughs> this, uh, this week, so very excited. What an uh, awesome option. 96.1 FM and 1470 AM. I took Spanish for six years in junior
2: and high school, and I can't speak it at Well, all.
1: if you listen to the interview, yeah, you'll be really impressed with Scott's <laughs> knowledge. I got the
2: first one right. Yeah, you did. My
1: Continue. wife speaks Spanish fluently, so...
2: Giselle does? Yeah, so sometimes if she's talking to a, a relative on the phone... She'll be S- like saying. So does Alex. Um, we intended to teach him when he was young and we didn't. That was a big failure on our part. He's taking Spanish now in high school. Well, but mom can help a lot.
1: Mom can help. Yeah, yeah. he's got a. I would. Uh, that is one language. <clears throat> I, I, I am horrible trying to grasp. The, look, at it, I'm, st- I'm struggling with yeah, English yeah, right you now. You
2: might want to get that one down first. But
1: it amazes me that people that can speak multi languages. Oh,
2: it's 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 incredible. No. Especially when it's like 3 or 4. I don't know how they can keep it straight.
1: But I but I wish that I had studied more of taking a Yeah. a foreign language. I think language. you have to
2: I think you have to get I think you have to get immersed. The best way to do it is to get immersed somewhere where you're speaking it. Um because I never I never learned how to speak Spanish through all those years. I mm-hmm. just there vocabulary tests. Mm-hmm. If you can memorize vocabulary words you can pass tests. Uh, because I never I assume you get to a point where you when you're speaking Spanish, for instance, you're thinking in spanish you're not thinking a english sentence translating and saying it because you could never keep up right and i never ever even came close to that point and it's hard to fathom how that would happen
1: i know enough that if someone talks Mm -hmm. i can pick out a word here and oh yeah i can can figure it out that
2: the funny thing is you you always think that they're speaking really fast Mm -hmm. whenever it's somebody in another language you think they're speaking really really fast Mm when if it was reversed they think the same thing all right let's get to the fan questions here all righty i have three of them today Wow. And as always, because he insists on being masochistic about this, Jeff has not heard these questions. At yet. all. Well, I, did, it, I hinted at this one, this first one, mm-hmm. but you don't know the answer. No. And I do. All right. All right. Uh, this is from uh, a fan named Rusty uh, yeah. who lives in Altamont Springs. Am oh, I yes. pronouncing that right?
1: Altamont. we just on the other side of Orlando. Yep. Okay.
2: And I like the email because the hello was spelled out in Scrabble letters. But on the other hand, the rest of the email was in the Comic Sans font. We shouldn't do that.
1: Did he? Really, uh, cut out of the newspaper no, it was, and paste no, a little it was thing. graphics <laughs> oh, although okay.
2: RUSTY I can't honestly say I know if that's a he or a she so. Mm, okay so um, anyway a good a good fan and very very nice in fact Rusty had sent him previous emails complimenting us on the podcast and saying it was a it was a reward for getting chores done Ooh. if once once he or she had done his chores how old is rusty i don't know
0: well, I don't, I don't get a bio.
2: I don't know.
1: I still have chores around the house, so it doesn't matter. I, I don't get a bio with each email okay. in case you're wondering. I'm how. just checking. Please uh, let us know who you are when you send this in. But continue. <laughs> right.
2: Great po- podcast again this week with Demar. So glad you played Gene Deckerhoff's call on Adam Humphreys' return to the missed field goal. That was your work, and mm-hmm. that was smart. I know it's recorded as 109 yards, but as you watch, he runs almost sideline to sideline also. So here's my question. Is there any way to get a pretty good guesstimate on how many yards he really ran to get that touchdown? Scott, I thought it would be fun if you got the number of approximate yards beforehand and then asked Jeff on the show and see how close he is. Maybe he pays you a nickel for every yard off he is, and you could buy a burger.
1: Well... First off, I can't pay you a nickel because I just took the NFL test on gambling, and so I can't this isn't do that. Gambling? Well, it, it has to involve money. Have you <laughs> taken the test yet? I have until the tenth. Oh, all right, I took it. So, so it will be you get kudos. How's that? <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay, five kudos for every yard. Okay. So, right. okay, so technically it's recorded as 109 yards, mm-hmm. but you know we meandered around a little bit. So, and, and by the way, uh, Rusty was wondering if I could get a guesstimate. I got the exact number. Okay. Down to the second decimal point. So, one fifty four. That's pretty good. You would only owe me uh, thirteen kudos.
1: Really? What was twelve? It? It's one
2: hundred forty one point nine six yards. Uh, and and way, I did
1: not. And, and this is legit. I just. I know. You, I just what I was. You. You you know I know what saw I, the gears turn. What did you see? My hand go like he started <laughs> you here. He went like back, this. Yeah. He
2: went up and back. <laughs> you know who ran a ton on that play? Also was Quan Alexander. If you watch, go on YouTube and watch the play. So. Adam brings the ball out from the very back of the end zone. He's about in the middle of field when he hits the goal line, and then he immediately cuts to the right because the first line's tackler is right about at the 5. And he avoids that guy, but there to get a block if necessary, it didn't become necessary, was Quan Alexander running towards, running in the opposite direction that Adam was running. Mm -hmm. So the wrong way in terms of getting downfield to the other end zone. That's Quan right there. Now, I'm sure you remember in the replay, after Adam goes to the left sideline and then cuts back towards the middle, Quan goes running right in front of him. He was going to block a guy, but I think then he realized it could be a block on the back, so he kind of pulled off. How was he there and there? Fast. (laughs) That's incredible. So he also reached a top speed of 18.98 miles per hour. And we
1: know this how. you. You need to explain this.
2: Well, I was waiting for you to ask because I'm like... How could I possibly have that information? Because you're
1: a really, really bright guy.
2: I wish that were the case, but I got this answer from our analytics guys. And the reason that you can answer this question now is because the players wear what's called RFID chips in their Mm -hmm. shoulder pads. All of them, every player in the league in every game. And so from that, they can track a player's exact path and know how long he went on any play. In fact, I got to watch this play with just with the little red red and white Mm -hmm. dots representing all the players. From the moment of the snap... There's also a chip in the ball for the first time now. So from the moment of the snap and then, then the punt, you see the ball. I got to watch all 22 players as they're running around. It's freaking incredible. It's so cool.
1: Um, little behind the scenes.
2: <laughs> Pull back the curtain. Jeff. They
1: do that early in the morning when they walk around. They they literally go to the pad and they have an iPad. Oh yeah. And they they put it on and then they program it. They program it. Yeah. So cool. It is. I
2: think. It's going to start out kind of slowly, and then you're going to see this kind of stuff revolutionize the way you we to. enjoy this sport. They're going to find a way to m- make this kind of stuff available to fans. I can't tell you how cool it was staring at the screen. It's a video game. It, it's exactly right. And watching where all the players went, and, and mm-hmm. then because you get you can picture it in your play and you're playing, go, oh, that's when that guy dove at him, and then that guy dove at him. Look at these guys just barely missing him, and he's running all. It was.
1: It's. So- it's
2: it's got to come to the public at some point. It's so cool.
1: So far advanced from the time that you would put your little football guys on the metal thing <laughs> and turn it on, brrr, and they'd fall over. Yeah, yeah, you invented that, right? Joe? I did. I still have one of those.
2: Okay. Continue. <laughs> Our next. Thanks again, Rusty. Also for, yeah, the, rusty, for the kind great. words. Very kind. And that was thank a really you. cool question.
1: And I wasn't that far off, considering you did a good I job. just had to. <clears throat> You're a genius. um, Is that what you wanted to hear? Brilliant. Thanks a million.
2: Scott and Jeff, love the podcast, listening from New Jersey, can't wait to move back home. Mm. Great. Uh, first, I'm a big fan. I'm a big Winston fan. Have been since his FSU days. My son went to FSU with him. Mm. Episode three, you talked quarterbacks and how Winston's going to be our starter when he returns. Is there any scenario you could think of that would change that? Go Bucks! And this is Kent. Remember, I teased the last yes. two weeks. Finally, it took a while, but we got your question. Yeah. wow. Well,
1: mm. that's an awesome question.
2: Yeah. And um, listen, the way that Coach was answering that question right at the end, of the last few, di- you know, like at the end of last week was. It's too early. We're not We're not addressing that right now. We're not addressing who's starting in week four right now. That's not our concern right now. Who knows what the exact situation will be at that? Okay, so that does obviously leave the door open for the possibility of Jameis not starting that Chicago game. I'm not that, saying that's going to happen. I'm just no. saying
1: it could. But that question <clears throat> is a fair question to ask the week of the Chicago game. Right, but... Other than that, it's just speculation, well, it's conversation.
2: Not, well, and it's not going to get an answer from Coach Cutter before.
1: No. I mean. No. And why would you? But I think the cor- – Because w- don't you think it's a little bit unfair to the other? I mean, if you go 3-0 and and I'm a quarterback and I go 3-0, I'm thinking, hey, keep me in, Coach. Yeah, well, as they will always say, they're going to make the decision based on what gives the Bucks the best chance
2: to win. I like it. I do believe very strongly that they feel for the balance of the season are best – that is for James to be starting. Do I think there's a possibility that since there's a buy after the Chicago game and the Chicago game's on a short week after Monday night game, that if things have gone well, you you do a four start to fits? Of course, it's possible.
1: That would be a great <coughs> issue to have.
2: A problem. A good a problem. Yeah. Great
1: problem to have. Who's going to start against Chicago? And yeah. then everybody argues about it. That would be that. That would mean things went really well the first three weeks. Yeah, that would be
2: good. Okay, do you remember what you were going to say when I cut you off before?
1: No, but continue.
2: Hey, Scott and Jeff, I'm hearing guys like Gene Deckerhoff and Coach Cutter talk about the energy and attitude of the team during camp so far, and they always say similar positive things. How does the day-to-day vibe at one buck compare to years past? With hard knocks in the building last year, I'm sure that was a very different experience. But even going back before that, is there anything different or special about the group we have this year. Thanks for the show and amazing coverage from the entire media staff. It makes this Tampa native living in Austin, Texas I feel like I'm still connected to the team. Nice. Austin's a great place, I've
1: heard. Mm-hmm. It's a great city.
2: By the way, talking about the entire, let's, let's plug something on the website right now. If you haven't seen the video about Dirt Cutter in Idaho, watch it. It's fantastic. It
1: really is. Yeah. It really is. And the so, current's really good too, by yeah, the way. Yeah,
2: that's good too. So, Jeff, answer the question because you were going to answer it before.
1: <laughs> What's the difference between years past? I think when you're in the building all the time, you get kind of close to things and, and sometimes you can misread what's going on. But I believe that um, there's just there's just an energy. There's a step. It's indescribable. There's there's a, a feeling of in your conversations with all the different people in the building, it seems to be going all in one direction. And that's the hardest part about being a head coach is getting everybody moving in that same direction. And I think that's where we're headed this year. I I, I I could be proven wrong, but I hope I'm not. I feel that it's moving in the correct direction uh, from the front office to, you know, us. Yeah, this is another uh, area where it's fair for
2: somebody to be skeptical. Sure. Say, you guys say that every year. Yes,
1: But we were you, this is a different
2: field. question. Right. And if we're, I could I could I could lie and, and, and satisfy that fan that says you say that every year. But the truth of the matter is, it does feel different this year. I hope that it's a good different. Mm-hmm. One slightly more concrete part of that I'll point out is that, remember we had DeMar on here, and he said training camp was a lot harder, tougher this year. And then Coach Cutter said the same thing. So that was clearly a conscious decision, and it happened, and the players were worked harder. And apparently, according to Coach, they responded well. I think that potentially gives the feel a more serious feel around here. Like, we are working really hard at this. This matters. And Coach Monkin when we talked to him near the end of camp, could not have more starkly uh, contrasted la- the way the team practiced last year and the way they practiced this year. That is either the cause of this vibe or it's an effect of this vibe. If people are feeling this is good and this is serious and we're good and that's why they're mm-hmm. practicing hard and practicing well, that's a good thing.
1: And it's and, and the key is, it's not that guys don't practice hard and practice well all the time. It's Everybody doing it at the same time. That's the biggest difference, is everybody coming together, moving forward. Um, I've gone through seasons and known that it wasn't going to be a good season. Now, I mean, you, I, you've you had that vibe, and if you have that vibe, you keep that to yourself. Um, but... Yeah, I mean, two thousand eleven. Yeah, I mean, there there are some seasons that I've gone into and went, holy smokes, you
2: know. Yeah, but there have been others. I mean, we thought the first Lovey Smith year was going to mm-hmm. be better, a lot better. Than oh,
1: I was, was totally, totally shocked. They made that, they yeah. made
2: a lot of moves, mm-hmm. and it it seemed like that was going to be a big turnaround, and it mm-hmm. didn't happen. So again, uh, but the... but
1: I, but I like how we I I liked what we did in the preseason. I liked the fact that we were putting points on the board. Yeah, it was a big change. A, a big change year. from last year. I think that, you know, you have to prove and you don't, you know, listen, you can make all the predictions you want. No one predicted Philadelphia was going to win the Super Bowl or maybe people in Philadelphia did. <laughs> the Rams, for example, everyone thought that that was a horrible team. And Sean McVay, who, who was here uh, starting out his career managed to get everybody on the same page, managed to move forward. They had a quarterback that everyone said, he, you know, horrible pick, get rid of him. Yeah. What are you doing with this guy? And now all of a sudden he's the talk of the town, and yeah. that's not easy to do in L.A.
2: Yeah, it can turn around fast. So
1: I think that, that as, as it goes on, and what I, the one thing I'll always remember that Tony Dungy said to me was follow a team – The first month, you don't know what kind of team you have. You have teams winning right away. You have teams struggling. You start really noticing the teams about week six because Hmm. week six, week seven, and on, good teams get better. Okay. I like that. And so from that point on, I've always, you know, if you start out fast, yeah, that's great. You start out fast. But it's are you looking better each week? Are you looking, you know, come November 1st or yeah. that first game in November. Are you looking better than you did in September?
2: Yeah. Yeah, like the 1995 Buccaneers were 5 and 2 mm-hmm. and finished 7 and 9. The the 1992 5-2. Right. <laughs> the 1992's team got off to something like a 3 and 1 start and then finished like 5 and 11. So, yeah. so. you're right. And <clears throat> a great example of that and I we can finish it after this uh, the Saints last year they looked terrible their first two mm-hmm. weeks. I think they lost at least their first two games. They didn't they look did. good in it, and mm-hmm. then they just went on holy tear. So we should – it's going to be hard for you and me and any fan to not get too up or down about these first two results, but keep in mind what you were just saying in those examples.
1: And that's <laughs> why I don't get overly excited both, you know, until those – after week six. That's it.
2: I'd really like to win those first two games. <laughs>
1: I don't think anybody's really going on a I don't, think, I don't think any team. But here's, here's the thing. you know. Uh, what, what is it they say? Uh, 16 teams are a winner and 16 yeah. teams are a loser. Yeah. One game doesn't make a season. But when you're looking for a turnaround, it does make a difference. It helps. It if does. you had
2: started the season with a win over a division rival on the road and then a win over the defending world champs, I'm taking pretty good. I'm taking
1: one at a time. And I would, okay, I, I, would, I would really like to be sitting here next Tuesday feeling pretty good about uh, a good game in New Orleans. that's sounds like a plan. That's it. All right. All you, right. We've done
2: enough now. You done enough? Yep. All All right. Take it away, Jeff.
1: All right. Since you did, thanks for listening.